Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And they numbered myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands singing with full voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honour and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them, singing to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honour and glory and might for ever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. I don't know if that uh, picture actually moves you. I can't hear that and not be stirred up inside at that picture. I'm such a visual person, I think. I I learn by pictures and diagrams. You can't necessarily just tell me something. I get confused. Usually someone sits down with me, draws a diagram and then the penny drops for me and I go, ah. And as, as we read this, my imagination just can't help but just imagine this glorious throne room of God, of heaven and what's going on there. Do you hear the angels sing, not kind of half-heartedly, not kind of, yeah, we believe. No, I'm not saying you did that either. But they sing with full voice. So that sound and the glory and praise to God is just amazing, amazing in heaven. And I hope that actually does affect you. I hope that Not necessarily, it doesn't just have to affect you emotionally, but it might. God gave us our emotions as well. But to think that we have the privilege of sharing in this picture of the heavenly throne room of God where Ephesians says you are seated with Christ Jesus. You don't have to go very far in Ephesians chapter 2. starts out dead in transgressions but ends up that you're seated in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus in the very throne room of heaven. And so what we have here today is is this unveiling. It's a vision. It's real. A vision. Revelation means unveiling. In Greek it's apocalypse. It's unveiling. That's what revelation means. And you have an unveiling before your very eyes today and it's part of our Easter journey. It's part of our Easter faith. We've come from looking at the spoils of victory on Easter day. That's what we looked at And we we learnt and we heard in John's Gospel that Jesus has destroyed death. He's smashed it to pieces. He's removed its sting, its victory and all fear of it as well from every person who is in union with Jesus Christ by faith, right? And we looked at the new intimacy that you have with Jesus Christ. And that's why Jesus said to Mary at the empty tomb, don't hold on to me for I've not yet ascended. A whole new intimacy with God through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And that, that's why that intimacy, it looked to the ascension, it looked to the outpouring of the Spirit upon the church by which we cry, Abba, Abba, Father, knowing that our Heavenly Father actually hears our cries, that He is alive and active in our lives. And so you enjoy every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus because what belongs to Jesus, he shares with you. You are in him. 
So the Lord has declared on the cross that it is finished. That's why we have the empty cross in front of the crucifix for the weeks of Easter to remind us that he's not on the cross. He is alive. He lives and he reigns. That's why we say in those prayers, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit. We don't say that because it's some good liturgical formula that someone came up with because we're a liturgical church. We don't do that. It's because it's true, right? That's what our, that's what our faith clings to, right? That Jesus lives and reigns. Not that he disappeared and left us as orphans until he comes again. So, it is finished, is what he said on the cross. Your sins have been born in his body and new life and a new day has been given to you and everything that you have, you've received. You've received it. And now today what Revelation shouts from the rooftops and declares from every street corner and especially to the church of Jesus Christ, is it's time to transition from the gloom of Holy Saturday. It's time to transition from that day in between it is finished on Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. There's that middle Saturday. It's a bit gloomy, not quite sure what's going to happen. Sometimes you know the church lives there, worships there, lives and ministers from there, from the gloom of Holy Saturday. It's a bit kind of floppy, gloomy. Resurrection shouts transition from this. Jesus has risen and is alive and brothers and sisters, you are alive. You don't need to walk or speak or move or minister or worship as though you still live in the gloom of Holy Saturday. That has passed. All is forgiven. All is new. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus and if you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, then there is now no what? Condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's the reality that you actually live in. Marvellous. And so today we have a vision, we have a heavenly picture of the past and the present and the future of what has been, of what is and what is to come. And we'll talk about those tenses in a minute. It's actually important. So we've got a picture there because after the cross Jesus was raised and after he was raised he appeared to his disciples. You heard that in the Gospel today. Jesus appeared for the third time and uh, Peter is forgiven for his three denials. And then what happens after that? What's the picture depict? Say it. starts with A. Ascension. Ascended where? Heaven. Luke, Luke said it just wonderfully, I think, on Easter Sunday, to the right hand of God the Father Almighty. If I remember, that's what you said. And it's so true. He ascended to the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. That's what we proclaim. That's what we just were singing. And in Acts chapter 1, you watch the apostles, they watch Jesus ascend into heaven and then all of a sudden he's hidden behind the clouds and uh, from their side and two men are standing in white. And they're standing with the apostles and they say to them, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This is so important and yet sadly it's so understated in the church. It's so understated and yet so practical. Its implications just reach every single fibre of your body and your worship and your praise and your life in Christ. It's understated. If the church was ever going to have another you know, really huge festival, as big as Christmas or as big as Easter, it would have to be ascension. It would have to be ascension. If we were going to 
Uh, if there was ever a time for gift giving and celebrations and joyful worship and praise, it's, it's ascension, let alone every Sunday, which is a celebration of what? The resurrection. Ascension is huge. And in fact, what you get to see today is profound because you get to see the joyful praise in the very throne room of heaven as Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, is enthroned as King and Lord of heaven and earth at the right hand of the Father. So that picture is like the Apostles' picture of Jesus ascending until he's hidden by the cloud. Revelation 5 is like the reception that goes on in the heavenly places as Jesus arrives. And so you can imagine, you know, angels, myriads upon myriads, I love that word, singing in full voice. Imagine what it was like on Good Friday. Was it just silent in heaven as the Son of God is on the cross until he said those words, it is finished. And imagine at the the time when he said those words, it is finished, and then just this huge roar of praise erupted in heaven. And there we just keep hearing this, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive all these uh, blessings. So you get to see behind the cosmic veil as the Son is received into glory from the perspective of heaven. What a privilege and an honour. What a joy. And we said before that we're looking at the past and the present and the future and that's because God in his absolute infinite wisdom and you know I don't talk about Greek language very much so when I do say something it's important. The Holy Spirit inspired the writer of Revelation, John, to actually write this in the Greek perfect tense. And what that means is that something that has happened in the past but it continues in the present, today it continues and it also has ramifications and continues in the future. And so as Jesus is received and enthroned as King of heaven and earth, this glory and praise that you're hearing has happened in the past, it's happening in the present as we gather and it's happening all the way in eternity. The enthronement celebrations never end and one day we will participate in that song, that new song of heaven uh, when Jesus comes to take us home. It's a wonderful uh, praise and celebration and a new song that the angels are singing and it's unceasing. not just about glory and enjoying God. We, we can and we do enjoy God and this picture is amazing but it's practical. The rubber hits the road for you and for me in what we see in this amazing picture. In Revelation 5, right before Richard started reading in, in verse 11, John, as he sees this, he weeps bitter tears. He sobs so passionately and he weeps because there is a scroll and the scroll is sealed with seven seals and that scroll is written with written on the front and the back that signifies the completeness of the testimony that is written on that scroll and that scroll contains the prophetic message of revelation that is going to unfold from chapter 6 right through until Jesus comes and returns in glory. It's It's the prophecy about your destiny and the destiny of the whole world is written on here. The full, complete, prophetic message of Revelation, it 
involves you, starting at the book of Acts until Jesus returns. We live in this time. That's what it depicts. And the seven seals are there to protect it from being opened by someone unauthorised, someone unworthy. And John weeps because no one can be found to open uh, the seals and open the scroll. You can't do it, I can't do it. No one is found to be worthy and John's weeping bitterly. Now, just on those seals to stop the unauthorised access and the unauthorised reading. Remember that. Please remember that. If someone ever offers to read you some uh, fortune through tarot cards, if they ever say they want to give you a psychic reading or something like that, let's name that for what it is. It is the doctrine of demons and it is of Satan. Do not taste, do not touch, do not go near it. Only one is worthy to open the scroll and command and govern your destiny and it's no person except the Lamb of God who was slain, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns for eternity. And you tell them that. If anyone ever wants to tell you what they think your destiny is, you say only one and it's not you, it is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the only one authorised, the only one worthy to actually do this. And it's because of his victory through Good Friday his victory through the empty cross, through his resurrection where he he took you and raised you with him. That's what makes him worthy. It's based on his victory over sin, death and the devil. A victory won not so that he could just say, aren't I awesome? I overcame sin, death and the devil. He did it for you. He overcame for you. He died for you. He was raised for you and for me and for all who will call on the name of the Son of God. To all who received him, he gave the right to be called the children of God. That's who it's for. So it's actually personal, personal for you. And the connection between Jesus' enthronement as king and this scroll that will be opened and revealed in the following chapters of Revelation is that Jesus reigns over it all. He reigns, he governs. He's in control of everything that has been, that is and that is to come. And that impacts every single detail of your life right now. Everything that you will face tomorrow, that impacts right now. Everything the day after until the day you breathe your last on this earth and gasp your new, your first breath in the heavenly places within the presence of God and all those angels, it governs right to that point. And that's why I want to talk about this. What is it? What's it say? WWJD. You know what it is. What would Jesus do? You heard of that? Nothing wrong with it. And people, actually, it was my uh, auntie Kaz and uncle Al, uh, it was Mark, who I actually first saw wearing one of these wristbands when I was in Melbourne. And I don't know if I was back at church at that point or not, but I said to Mark, you know, what's that wristband? WWJD, what's that? Mark said, well, what would Jesus do? Because I'm a Christian. I want to honour God with my life. And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes it's in the church that people get really critical of this stuff and they actually bag people out for, for, this, thing, for this kind of thing. Don't be that person. This is what people wear when they want to honour God, when they want to remember him. It's the same thing. You, you, know, you can get those little stickers that you put on your watch so that every time you look at your watch you recognise it's time to pray. Some people stick them on their rear view mirrors so that they're there and it's always time to pray. That's the reminder. What would Jesus do? But the only thing is, 
we don't bag anyone who has this. This is a good thing. But I reckon we, through Revelation 5, we could just clarify it just a little bit, change one letter. Change one letter. I would change the second W. I would have W-I-J-D. So it's not what would Jesus do. It would actually become what is Jesus doing? What is Jesus doing? Because in a sense, I think what would Jesus do you come and you know from your own life things don't always uh, operate as smoothly as you'd like to. Bad things happen, hard things happen, you end up in hospital, you end up ill, you have someone uh, in real trouble and you, you, you're there and you, you're looking at your wristband saying, what would Jesus do? And, and I, I think to myself, I, I might be in that place where I think, well, I, d- I don't know, I've got to try and think of some kind of situation that Jesus was in and, and then try and apply it here. Again, there's nothing wrong with it. But what is Jesus doing actually acknowledges that Jesus is alive, that his spirit is with you, that your good shepherd walks with you, that he's, he's with you in every single circumstance. He's reigning, he's working for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. And even those uh, who don't love him, he's still calling them. So God is at work in every single circumstance. What is Jesus doing He's reigning as Lord and King of history, of what is, of all your struggles, of all the hard decisions that you've got to face. You don't get the choice because you're just confronted with it. He reigns over that. He's there. He's present with you in that. He's present with you in your celebrations and the joys that you you think are wonderful. Jesus is there celebrating with you too. Because you're in union with him by faith. So he's there and he loves that. But also there's a whole lot of uncertainty that many of us are faced with in life too. We come to those roads and we're faced with uncertainty and and we don't know which way we're going to go. We're going to go this way or that way. And now you know that what is Jesus doing means that he's with you and he's walking with you through this journey and his spirit is with you and he pours it out into you and he walks with you whether you go left or right. He's with you, he never leaves you, he never forsakes you. You walk by the spirit of God. Now that's just biblical truth. But friends, we've got to face something here. Is that what you see when you open the newspaper? Is that what ABC News 24, is that the headline, Jesus reigns, do not fear? Is that actually what you see? See, I think in the church we've got to be prepared to actually not just deal in ideals but actually face the actual uh, reconciliations that we have to make because there is a biblical reality and objective truth going on but with our eyes we see something different, don't we? I open uh, the newspaper or I turn on the TV and I see missiles being paraded in and out of hangers in a way to menace and threaten the nations. That's what I see. Have you seen that? Is Jesus Lord and King even over menacing world rulers? Yes and Amen. Yes and Amen. So how do you reconcile what you see in Revelation where uh, Jesus is enthroned and exercises power and rule over everything that was and is and is to come? Because that's why it's there in Revelation 4 and 5 so that you know that this governs everything else that's to come. That's why it's there. But how do you reconcile this 
when the newspaper and the TV news and the missiles and the suffering and the hardships that you see before you all seem to tell a different story. You know the Greek um, proverb that the eyes are the window to the soul? Can we use that as an illustration? Just as an illustration. What you fix your eyes on and focus on will influence your mindset and your soul. And you know that because you know that uh, if you gaze at things that bring blessing and sanctification and joy and praise to your life, then that's one thing. But you know if you fix, on, if you fix your eyes on things that defile you, profane things, if you fix your eyes on those, they'll lead you into the depths of darkness. And maybe you know that too. Jesus today, along with myriads upon myriads, ten thousands upon ten thousands of angels and archangels and the whole company of heaven, are exhorting, calling, proclaiming to you to fix your eyes on Jesus. Like the song says, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face and the things of this world will grow strangely dim. It means they don't disappear but they're put in perspective in the light of his glory and in grace. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face and the things of this world will grow strangely dim. Be placed in perspective in the light of his glory and grace. Today the Lord Jesus is calling you to fix your gaze and your focus on him above all else that you may see by faith what is really going on in the universe and in your life. That you would abide in him by faith without fear because Jesus reigns with all authority. This vision from heaven is given to give you great confidence. You'll only ever grasp this truth by faith. You'll only ever grasp this truth by faith. If you trust your eyes, you'll end up in despair. And essentially what's happening is you're seeing the truth of revelation through your ears because you hear the word of God and faith comes through hearing and hearing the word of Christ, right? So you're seeing through your ears, through your hearing. The kingdom and reign of God is hidden in many respects. Yes, we see it. Yes, we see glimpses of what God is doing every single day and we know that the the future is secured That's what the empty cross symbolises. Not symbolises, proclaims, screams, shouts. But Jesus' reign won't always be hidden. It won't always be like that. But until then, we live by faith in the victorious Lamb, Jesus Christ. And as people of his pasture, you hear his voice as he leads you towards your final destination in spite of what rages around you. In spite of it. You listen to the voice that you know and who knows you, the Good Shepherd, who not only knows you but reigns over everything and holds you in the palms of his hands and leads you beside still waters. And so don't fear. Don't fear in any situation. Take confidence. The Lord is with you. Remember that Easter message. Lord Jesus stands before you with his arms raised in blessing saying, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. 
It's not just to tickle your ears, it's a performative word that actually does what it proclaims. He's worthy to hold the scroll. He's worthy to open it. You live in him and he in you and you can trust him as you step out into faith, into a new day where Jesus continues to be present with you and also reigning over the day. And so I ask you the same question I asked you on Easter Sunday. What is left for you based on this truth? What is left? Honestly, you're freed from sin's power. The devil is defeated. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. By faith you know that the Lord is in control and works for your good and blessing no matter how your circumstances may appear to your eyes. What are you going to do? Are you going to worship and live like it's Holy Saturday in this kind of depressive state between it is finished and the resurrection? Will you stand on your feet? Or will you stand and give praise to the Lamb who is worthy of all power and wealth and wisdom and might and honour and glory and blessing? Lord Jesus, we thank you that you didn't ascend into heaven and leave us as orphans. We thank you that you haven't just disappeared and left us to figure things out for ourselves or to usher in your kingdom, but you reign as king. You are present with us and for us in every moment of life, in our workplaces and homes, in hospital beds, in nursing homes, wherever we are. You are our good shepherd who knows us and you have died our death and been raised for our justification. And so together with angels and archangels and all who have gone before us, We praise you and we thank you for your divine compassion and care for us in every situation. Father, fill us with your Holy Spirit and give us faith to trust in your blessing and will for us and give us confidence to stand amidst a groaning and broken world. For we pray in the name above all names, even Jesus who lives and who reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. And may the peace of God which surpasses and transcends all human understanding guard your hearts and keep them safe in Jesus Christ, the risen and reigning Lord. Amen.